Filmmaker Commentary, episode 172. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we cover movies with commentaries from directors who take the time to record them on Blu-ray and DVDs. We also give our detailed insights, so look out for spoilers. We discuss the latest in showbiz news along with movies and TV shows that we've been watching. So join Reginald Titus Jr. That's me. And Casey G. Smith. That's me. Every week here on Filmmaker Commentary. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with KCG Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we're talking about Death Proof 2007, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, What was the budget and box office on this film? So Death Proof comes in on a estimated $67 million budget. What? And looks like it came out with about fifty million at the box office and about thirty six million through the home market, and that is according to the numbers. Interesting. What well, do you do? You have something different? No, I didn't look it up at all. I um, I assumed that it was like put together with Planet Terror, like they shared the budget. Yeah, that could that could be both combined for for that one. That yeah, that's what I thought because I didn't. Yeah. Now, did they play these separately, or were they back to back like they were trying so, to do the grindhouse thing? So initially, they started off doing the grindhouse thing, and where Planet Terror played first. Uh-huh. But most people didn't understand the concept of a, <laughs> yeah, a double a feature. And so they were they were leaving after Planet Terror, and, and, and so the people at the theater said, "No, there's another film that's going to play." People are like oh, but even sometimes they still left anyway because they were just it's they a were just long ready, time. Yeah, they were just ready to go. So then, after that kind of wasn't successful, yeah. then what they did they started just they separated the films and started just uh, like the international office box office in particular said oh nope we're gonna just have them as two separate films. So then they 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 released uh, separately. I want to say they released Planet Terror first, or maybe it was Death Proof first, and mm-hmm. then. They then they released Planet Terror for its like own separate run. They also expanded some of the scenes, especially in Death Proof. Some of the uh, the dialogue in those scenes was is cut down pretty short in the in the Grindhouse version. But uh, it's more expanded in the in the separate release. Oh, I see. I like. So, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. That was that one. That one's that's kind of a fail. But like both films are are good. Um, I just think the market the the market wasn't really educated. Um, on that, I like, I, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get, when we get to it on, uh, you know, how we watched it and everything, but yeah, that one, that's unfortunate because these both could have been like kind of semi hits. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's difficult to get the numbers. Cause again, that, that 67 million, that would be a, a combination of both films. Okay. But the, the box office again, at one, one source tells me it's 50 million worldwide global box office, but then. Another source tells me it's only twenty five million, so wow. it's uh, it's not quite clear quite what this what this film made. Yeah, they just stuffed some money in some pockets and they moved on about their business. Nothing to see here. Yeah, <laughs> because sixty seven for one was like, okay, where did it go? I can I can kind of see that, but the fact that it's been split up between two, um, they've been on DVD, Blu ray, key art, books. Like I've seen, especially Planet Terror stuff, like everywhere. Um, I know on the home entertainment market, like it won, had to. 36 mil. Yeah. The home entertainment market. Yeah. That's how I was introduced to it, through the home entertainment. So, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it's not clear, but maybe somebody is uh, laughing to the bank. 
Uh, did, <laughs> <laughs> did this film win any awards? So the um, Death Proof itself didn't really knock out any major awards. Uh, there's some. I did notice that on the DVD, they do have the fact that it was an official selection at the Cannes Festival. Aha. Festival. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, it was yeah, and it was nominated for the Palme d'Or. Hmm. Once again, Tarantino being nominated for that. Uh, it also it did win. You talk about the home market. It did win uh, the IGN Summer Movie Awards. It was nominated for Best Movie Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Yeah, hmm. that was for the well. Actually, that was to be clear. That was part of the uh, the the double X eight film Quentin Tarantino collection. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. What was uh, the sentiment at the time? Like, what was the vibe? This is 07. Is this a year after uh, Kill Bill or or a few years? No, it was a couple. It was a few years after Kill Bill, wasn't it? Yeah, because Kill Bill was like. That was 03 or 04 or something. Yeah, 03. Like yeah, 03. Uh-huh. Yeah, 03 for um, volume two of Kill Bill. Um, so again, people. So again, as a combination, as the Grindhouse feature, that didn't really work. But each film individually was fairly well mm-hmm. received. Yeah, uh, it's again going back and revisiting the film. Like, man, this is <laughs> wow. It's it, it's it's uh, it's fascinating, especially especially thinking about what we covered in with X and just kind of the revisiting of the, yeah. the kind of the slasher genre. Yeah. Uh, this this one definitely has has like all those vibes and those tropes present. And again, I still haven't seen Planet Terror for myself, but. Death Proof itself, it's, I mean, I think it's got some of the best vehicular chase scenes I've, I've seen in, in, a, in, a, in a film. Like it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty wild. I agree. So. 100%. Yeah, but maybe just a little bit, a little bit of mixed messaging in the marketing, but. Um, yeah. Uh, but before we talk further about Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, Let's talk about TV, news, and movies watched. So according to the New York Times, Harry Belafonte at 96 dies. Barrier-breaking singer, actor, and activist. R.I.P. R.I.P. Harry Belafonte was... No, Harry Belafonte, who stormed the pop charts and smashed racial barriers in the 1950s with a highly personal brand of folk music and who went on to become a dynamic force in the civil rights movement, died on Tuesday at his home on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He was 96. The cause was congestive heart failure, said Ken Sunshine, his longtime spokesman. Rest in peace, one Harry Belafonte. That is a uh, that's a big loss. Yeah. His uh, his impact very profound a different kind of impact uh, and loss according to Los Angeles Times is one uh, Jerry Springer who kept his aggressive cancer a family secret in his final months Jerry Jerry syndicated talk show host Jerry Springer died Thursday of pancreatic cancer according to his longtime friend and family spokesperson while the family knew the diagnosis he preferred the larger public not know until his passing said Gene Galvin Springer's friend since 1970 Said the said Friday in a statement to the Los Angeles Times. Yeah, man, Jerry was in our homes for a while, man. Um, seemed like a friend too. Like uh, you got his sensational uh, television versus like a Maury Pervich, Pervich, how do you say his name? Uh, but Jerry kind of seemed like wow, he's 
He's just a regular person. <laughs> he kind of had his 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 kind of thought of the day at the end. It was always yeah. something kind of kind of uplifting or positive or yeah. kind of understanding, kind of understanding and acceptance. So it's like you know, despite the craziness you know, at times you could see on the show, yeah. there was a pure entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> there was like a, almost a little groundedness at the end. It make you feel maybe not so guilty for yeah, watching you don't, it. Yeah, he's like he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like you snap out of the spell once he starts ah, talking. Okay, huh, appreciate that, Jerry. All right, back to back to back to back to real life. Hello. Yeah, he was like, this is just television, folks. Um, but da 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 da. But like watching his stuff, the verse like the Maury Pervert, like um, Maury is more like, you're, you're not the father. Ha! And then they start dancing and stuff. Like, man, this is kind of destructive to the black community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do I feel about this? <laughs> I don't know how I should feel. <laughs> and it's all running during the daytime. Man. Mm. What, what demographic are they talking to? Man, it's rough. But, but anyhow, R.P. Jerry Springer. And Harry Belafonte. Yes, indeed. Two um, pioneers in their own right. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, what you been watching? Ooh, what have I been watching? Uh, so, I have been watching... Uh, I got a couple new things that I added this week that I watched, well, yesterday. Mm. One was called, it was the first episode of a HBO Max series, soon to be just Max. You heard about that? Mm-hmm. That um, Warner Brothers slash Discovery, they're, they're combining the Discovery Plus and HBO Max all into, all into one, one subscription channel. And it's just going to be called Max. So they're dropping the HBO name, which for me is like, I was like, like wait, what? I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. Because I, I mean... I'm nostalgic for HBO. Yeah. Like I grew up on that as a kid, and, and just the like that's that's got feels for me. So for them to drop the drop the name HBO, like that's 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 a brand, man. Anyway, but so with that being said, on HBO Max for now, I watched an episode of what's called Love and Death, starring um, one Scarlet Witch uh, of Scarlet Witch fame, uh, Miss Elizabeth Olsen. Oh yeah, she'd be killing it. She is, man. She's she, she's a powerful performer. So here's what's interesting. It, awesome. It's the telling of, of the story that I that I, I saw before. I don't remember last year I watched a a, a docu a, not a docu series, but a series called Candy on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And it was it was set in the late seventies, early eighties. It was about a a woman who had an affair, basically. She was a church going woman had an affair with somebody else in the choir of the church and and in the end she ends up spoiler alert mm. ends up ends up killing that guy's uh his wife mm. they get into an altercation i think she actually ends up getting off. i was gonna watch that no just kidding <laughs> it's, yeah but <laughs> but it's, it's a show that i that, that i watched on on hulu and it was and it had a jessica beal playing candy Ooh, justin timberlake uh he helped produce the the film as well. He even he gotta keep a watch on him. He yeah, yeah. What you what you up to? No, but he also he has he had he had also had a role in the film as well. But it's it was a good show. Oh, you know what? I've been seeing this because I've been on IMDb mm-hmm. and I kept seeing that poster. Like the poster makes you want to click on it. Yeah, that's seeing what her face. To me. Really? Yeah. Her Elizabeth Olsen's face is like it's like so engaging. You know, and it's like you know she tells she's like she's like in the shower, the hair is wet and slicked back, and it's just a close up of her of her face and she's her, got her bloody eyes. knuckles. What? Yeah, and he's a little blood. You're like. What's going on here? But it's the same story. It just took place like in Wiley, Texas. Again, 78, 79, 1980. And uh, yeah, so it's the same story. And again, her name, Candy. They, they, they've called her Cam. I'm like, oh, wait. So it's, um, 
Yeah, so I watched the first episode, and I'm like, all right, it's got a good cast in it. Uh, Kristen Ritter. So um, what was the the one that you watched the last time? What was it called? That was just called Candy. Oh. This one's called Love and Death, but it's the same story. Still starting the same character. Same yeah. people. Yes, yeah, so it's based on a real life. It's a real life thing. It's a real thing that happened. Whoa. Based on a true story. Yikes. And so I'm like, wow, why is it? It's interesting that, I mean, we know this happens sometimes. Stories get told uh, twice, different interpretations. But uh, yeah, so it's, now it's now it's on. It's, it's on. There's a version of it on Hulu, and then now there's a version that's happening right now on HBO Max. And Elizabeth Olsen is playing the same character. I'm yeah, she's playing Candy. Hmm. Yeah, I need more information. It's 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 very interesting. But the, the, so far, the takes are, are different. The, the, the stylistically different, but it's set in that time period. So you know that period piece, which kind of again, I was born in '79. So when I see the the decor and all, like I don't know. Again, I get nostalgic for that. I kind of. Like seeing uh, that setting, seeing those big, the big CRT TVs that set on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's, it's got, it's got those, all those vibes. But yeah, based on the real story. So, I'm, so I watched the first episode of that, uh, and then I also watched on Disney Plus. I watched uh, Peter and Wendy. Peter, Peter and Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy, to be specific. There you go. So, <laughs> I haven't watched the, like the original Peter Pan animated or cartoon in I don't know that's a long time, yeah, that's, long long time. Wow! But I was in I was interested because I remember hearing some pushback for Yahira Yara uh, Shahidi mm-hmm. playing Tinkerbell in the role because of color. I'm assuming, yeah, America, which it, it has it literally has no bearing on the film whatsoever like Tinkerbell's race like doesn't it doesn't impact the film one way or another <laughs> but it was great to see Yahirashidi do, do her thing yeah um, it's, all, it's it always was, a problem when it's a black character but if you make the person white it's never a problem right and well you know you, you can ask Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson eh, when she did uh, Ghost in the Shell it was a little bit of, little well, bit of a problem yeah that was a huge problem just because <laughs> that, was not, that was a complete whitewash that was not, a, not a good look <laughs> Not a good that was like you, they should have known better. Yeah, that's like that's disrespectful, yeah. kind of thing. You're being disrespectful, is what you're doing. You're being disrespectful. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was it was actually it was pretty entertaining. Uh, again, I wouldn't call myself a huge Peter Pan fan, but every now and then some aspects of the lore stick out. I remember yeah. there used to be a, a cartoon show back in the '90s. Uh, a Peter Pan cartoon used to come on, and I used to I used to like. Captain Hook in that cartoon. It's the way the uh, I think Tim Curry actually voiced yeah. uh, Hook in that. And then even the the movie Hook, you know, with uh, one um, f- famous uh, Robin Williams, yep. you know, like, like okay, you know, that's Hook, hook Man Child, hook, pan, pan, pan. <laughs> but this this one, yeah, was interesting because it goes it it goes deeper into the lore and and gives some cool reveals. I was like. Wait, what? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. Maybe some of these things are known in Peter Pan lore, but I think these are new reveals oh. in regards to, in particular, Peter and Captain Hook. Huh? Yeah. So anyway, but uh, but yeah, it was it was it was it was well done. It was it was it was a feature film or a series. Feature film. Okay. Yeah, but I was like, huh? Look at this, and and uh, yeah. So Peter and Peter Pan and Wendy on Disney Plus. Uh, nice little watch, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed that. And uh, speaking of lore, huh? um, I was online just 
perusing through Instagram. And apparently, um, I never did read the book, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Did you ever read the book, the actual I did book? Not. So, uh, as we talk about race, um, <laughs> the color of people being casted. Yes, sir. Um, the workers at the Willy Wonka Factory were actually black pygmies. Oh. Which are like the small people uh, in Africa. Yeah, and and so in the book, yeah, that's that's who that's who was running the factory. I was like, whoa! And so they they just kind of showing all these things, like where this stuff comes from, and just kind of being knowledgeable about this. I had no idea. And uh, what's his name? Who's uh, uh, Mr. Wonka? Right, Gene, Gene Wilder. Uh, well, just uh, the character, uh, the actual Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. What did I call him? Mr. Wonka. Yeah, no, well, Willy Wonka. Okay, um, Willy, Willy, <laughs> Willy. Um, he breaks down like, yeah, I, I found these people in Africa, and da 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 da. And he's like breaking down oh, where, where wow. he he convinced them to work for like Coca Coca. Hopefully, I'm saying it right, Coco or something like that. What they make chocolate out of and <laughs> yeah. cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> so he convinced. What do you want? Uh, he went to Africa and convinced them to come work in this factory in exchange for the cocoa. Wow, there you, and and, and there. I, I remember I've heard. Slash read about in in one version of the book, possibly in the either, either maybe in the original draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember if it's if it is that case in the book itself, but that 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 the boy. Oh, Charlie! Yeah, he's Charlie. Black. Yeah, that he's supposed to be black. Yeah. Uh, again, again, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's the case in the book, but I think maybe in one version when the author was working on it that he had considered making Charlie. Yeah, he was supposed to be black, and then in the movie they made sure that he wasn't because they wanted to appeal to optics. Da, 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 da. Hey, what can you say? Because then he had, you know, they had their black parents and black grandparents, and all these jobs. Mm. Uh, that we <laughs> the yeah. little black people take him out. All these opportunities, little black kid, yeah. take him out. Black grandparents take him out. <laughs> Man, that's a that's a that's a lot of jobs. That's a lot of whitewashing. Well, and orange washing with the Oompa Loompas. Man, yeah, man. Oof. Nonetheless, anywho, um, got dark. Willy Wonka talk factory is kind of dark though. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's these kids are being murked. <laughs> that's true. But they're all they're all pretty horrible people though. It, uh, aside it, from Charlie, it would have been interesting. You know, you had these little black um, um, Africans. Killing all the white folks coming through there with Willy Wonka. I don't know. Man. I don't know. It would be interesting if they were like just true to the book, especially with a lot of the old like folklore stuff. Like, man, it would be it would be very disturbing if they were to keep that stuff in. Yeah, Snow White and all the people that like yeah, all those brothers Grimm's fairy tales are quite dark. Snow again, Snow White. When I went and read Snow White for myself, this yeah. is a short story. Yeah, and I read the end. Like, wait, they put the 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 queen they put her in iron shoes that are so hot and they make her dance until she literally burns up. I'm like, dang, that's that's dark. That is dark. Darkness falls across the line. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so yeah, I, I checked out Peter Pan and Wendy. I'm still rocking with with old school Dallas. <laughs> You're never uh, gonna be done with that. I watch. You I watch, bro. It'll I, be news when you finish. <laughs> I hey man, I, 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 how many episodes, how many seasons is it? Uh, like 11 9 or 11 okay 
But then, yeah, and there's like fifty something episodes or something yeah. per season. You'll be busy. For I'm, a while. I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still on like season the one? first. I'm still on season one. But it's all, I'm, I'm just taking in one, you know, one, one, one episode a day. Like usually, I get on for work, time. and I, you know, I'll pop one on. So, yeah, but I'm enjoying it, man. I, 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 I gotta admit, man. Like there, you figure like, oh my, well, what can you, what can you do with like this, you know, these oil tacos? But it, they, they actually find ways to make some interesting episodes, like that, like the one I just watched. Like some people got stranded. Bobby and JR got stranded when their plane went down in a storm and then the mom's trying to protect the dad and to not tell him because he's just had a quadruple bypass or whatever, so he just want his heart to give out and my God. Dynamics of galore that are happening. But uh but yeah, so still rocking with Dallas and then Night Court, man. Night Court is my that's 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 my 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 current jam. I watch a couple episodes a day of Night Court. This is thirty minutes. Yeah. Bop, bop, and what platform I'm, I'm again? A, uh Free V. Man, Free V's got some stuff on there. It does. It does. I also wrapped up uh, again. My show I was watching in the morning before I'd go to work was GI Joe Renegade, and I was watching that on Tubi, which is kind of a, it's kind of a modernized version of, of GI Joe where they're not like a cohesive unit. They're like they're, they're, it's like GI Joe means the A team, mm-hmm. so you got a group of corp Joes who are on the run. Cobra's a major corporation, and they're trying to. They've been framed for killing somebody, and they're trying to prove their innocence. And so the whole it was just it was just one season. But that whole time, they're they're running from the government, and they're trying to prove their innocence. It was pretty well done. And then along the way, they they, they encounter the people who are you know GI Joes. They're they're really a lot of ordinary people, but they they then also get these nicknames like they like the other GI Joes in the, in the old eighties cartoon. It's it's pretty pretty clever how they pull it off and bring it together. But yeah, so I wrapped that up Friday. I saw the last episode. I was like, oh man. Dun, dun, dun. So now I'll throw Night Court in the, into the morning mix. So speaking of wrapped up episodes, um, on Friday, ooh, what did we watch for? Uh, what did we watch with the fan? Ugh, I'm trying to think. Um, I know it? we watched a horror movie. So said you guys, you still doing your oh, your Friday horrific Friday horrific Friday? Oh my gosh, I have to find out now. I, I, my brain's been fried this past week. Was it a slasher film? It oh, it was bloody. Okay, Zombieland. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson. Uh, I forget the lady's who's, name. Who's the other? It's a twelve-year-old uh, actress playing a twelve-year-old, and it's a is she a Olsen? The one that was in there? I don't think so. No, she was. Um, she played in Spider Man, I believe. That's right. That's um, she played in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. That's uh, that's uh see her if i can see her face right now she was in la la land too mm. yeah. she's got big eyes yeah um, come on come on come on man i'm trying to remember what i really know from but um when stacy um played by man it's not coming to my mind not, yeah to me i don't i don't i don't have her name in my memory i've got it uh um, come on uh but um we it was um, like they weren't scared because I never seen Zombieland, but I knew I, I was looking to see. Okay, it's rated R. Why is it rated R? You know, it was graphic violence and language, I believe, and like you know horror. Uh, but nothing like Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Oh, we supposed to know that one. That's actually 100%. very popular. <laughs> we do know that. We just, yeah. it just it wasn't coming to it, mind. Yeah, it wasn't in the brain. Emma Stone. I like I like Emma Stone a lot. She's I like fun. the name. It's like it's perfect. Uh, <laughs> Easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually. 
Perfect name. This is like Hollywood name for real. Um, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Anyway, um, he has a, a TV reality show coming out with his daughters and wife. His daughters are gorgeous. He, he procreated with the right lady. Um, but <laughs> uh, uh, um, but Zombieland, very graphic. Didn't know what to expect, but the kids they didn't know what to expect either. Because mm. I mean, like the first scene, you literally see a person munching on somebody. And you see all the tissue coming out of their arm and. Dude's just snap snacking on another person. Like, I don't know. Wife is looking at me corner eye like, what are we doing? What are you oh. doing? Like, what? <laughs> Easy. It's it's okay. And then you and then like the whole title sequence is people getting eaten by zombies in slow motion. Mm. <laughs> and then and one of them is a zombie's a naked woman zombie with her breast out and she's like it's like flapping as oh. she walks as she's running across. But it's like covered up, but it's not covered up. Mm. It's like, uh, hopefully that's the only scene. <laughs> don't let the clip. I was like, oh, it's bad parenting. Uh, but anyhow, shame. Fa- yeah, shame. Shame. No. shame. <laughs> Just kidding. But um turns out they ended up the all the kids ended up enjoying it. It was very interesting. Zombieland is a is a is a is a pretty fun movie. Cause it's got that blend of it's a horror comedy. Yeah. And it's kind of it's ridiculous. Self referential to yeah. the even the whole zombie theme. Cause zombies were I guess they still are big, but they were really big kind of during that time. Yeah. So yeah. 2009, I believe that's when it came out. Um, so we watched that. That was on Friday. And then me and the wife jumped into a show called Severance, which is on Apple Plus, mm. um, starring Adam Scott. Familiar? Ring a bell? Adam Scott. Um, yes. Very distinct face. Um, is he the guy who's in? Um, I don't know what he's in. Very distinct. He's also one of the producers, too. Let's see. So Adam, I'm thinking of Adam Scott. So I think I think I'm Ted Lasso, the morning show. People have looked at all this other stuff. Um, was he in Secession? Um, I'm thinking about that show used to come on NBC, Parks and Rec. Oh, that's a possibility. He has a funny face. Yep, I, I've wa- I've watched the first about half of the first episode of Severance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a the intro is is wild. At that that yeah. the concept is yeah. a little mind mind bending, mind twist. So the synopsis is Mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work and begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. That, um, that is the same guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This um little bit of sci-fi, yeah, sci-fi. No, it it is sci-fi. Sci-fi business drama um there's times where it can kind of feel like ooh, it's a little boring sometimes then it comes back around um but i we we dove deep into this thing and uh if you're looking for something on apple tv i think that's 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 one of the show i really enjoyed in there it's physical with uh rose Byrne. physical physical it's night set in 1980s and she's uh, a housewife who Oh yeah, I seen that trailer. Become, becomes empowered and starts a, physical, and got the yoga pants on, right? Or aerobic pants or aerobic outfit? Yep, uh, straight. Yes, yeah, so that was all. It's like it, it kind of dives into that whole kind of aerobics craze. And okay, uh, I'll check that but out. It's it's, it's a feature it, film or it's series. 
Okay. And that one's a series. I'll check it out. But Severance, we we ended up finishing it. Uh, oh. Like once we started uh, like going, we were done. We were Was like in one, the rapid. How hole. many seasons? It's one season, but it's about eight or nine episodes. No, <gasps> nine episodes. It's nine episodes, oh, but they're about fifty something minutes. And uh, so we we trudged along and. Um, it was pretty good. I was surprised. I think uh, I think I went maybe four or five episodes in. So uh, it kind of okay. hits these weird parts because I'm like, man, sometimes episodes sometimes can be too long, feels too long. Like, all right, we can wrap this up. Are we just trying to make time here? Um, mm. But um, it concludes in a way you're like, oh, you have to have. We have to watch season two now. We <laughs> so it, it ends in a way where it's like, okay, we have to come back. It, like you're like, dang, I actually want to see this now. Mm. So, but there's only one season currently on Apple. Right. But, uh, it, but it leaves room for a second season. Yeah, absolutely. And so. That's interesting because it's been a little, I think it's been maybe a year or so. So, that's interesting. I wonder. Uh, well, it said the original release was over it's about February 2022. So, it's about due for another season to drop if it's so. been picked up again because it looks expensive. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but anyhow, I wouldn't. That's one I wouldn't recommend to everybody. I would recommend that to people that are really into sci-fi, like heavy into sci-fi, right? And kind of like the mind-bending stuff. Um, if you're not really into that, uh, mixed with drama, I wouldn't recommend it. But yeah, but it is solid for for the genre that it's in, and that's primarily what I've been watching. That took up all my free time. That's why I'm careful about series because I don't have that much free time. So right. like, uh. Whenever I'm watching something, it literally takes from something else that's going on in my life. Yeah, only so much time in the day. Man, for now. Um, anything else, sir? No, that's uh That's it for me. I feel like I'm I, that I missed something that I was watching, but no, I think I think that that's it. All right. And today's show is sponsored by Natural Hair the Movie by Let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Natural Hair the Movie by Grind Over Matter Films, available to stream for free on Tubi and Roku on demand. Please check it out and leave a review. And now let's jump back into the show. Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about 2007's Death Proof, written, written, produced, and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And uh, let's jump into the synopsis. A sociopathic stuntman whose taste for stalking sexy young ladies gets him into big trouble when he tangles with a long gang of badass babes. Death Proof. And if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. Yes. And um, who's in our cast? So the cast of one Death Proof is quite star-studded, including the incomparable Kurt Russell yeah. as Stuntman Mike. Uh, Zoe Bell, playing herself as Zoe Bell. Uh, the... Incredible Rosario Dawson as Abernathy. Newcomer. Hello. Newcomer Vanessa Ferlito as Arlene. We have one Sydney Tamilia Portier as Jungle Julia. As well as one Tracy Thoms as Kim. We have Rose McGowan playing double duty in the Grindhouse featurette as Pam. We also have Jordan Ladd as Shauna and Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Lee, who I didn't even recognize initially. Like she looks 
she's you know, she's she's Ramona in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Same actress. Huh. Looks totally different. And what was she playing in here? She's uh she's Lee. She's the girl who's singing in the car. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, she's the like the model. But she's like she's yeah, she's super cute in this one. But, um and then there's also Quentin Tarantino himself playing Warren. And also one Eli Roth making cameo as <laughs> Dow. Yes. Um we we've got some other actors in the mix as well. We have some some people making some returns with Michael Parks once uh, again. As how can you not leave him? Earl McGraw. Yeah. In son number one, I think that's what yep. he was talking about. Yes, indeed. Who is it? His son as well. So, James Parks. Yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's a fun cast. Indeed. Um, uh, how did you watch this film? Man, I think, I think I first borrowed this from you. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I first ended up watching death proof how about yourself i didn't even know this these films were in the atmosphere i was studying i started studying after graduating college in 07 um in business i started studying film as was in a recession and i started to decide to get into video production but i started diving deep into um film studies and specifically with uh robert rodriguez um i read his book rebel without a crew and that just kind of opened up that rabbit hole and i just started kind of diving in and i just started looking at his films and listening to the commentaries and when i was at moving trading company Irvin, uh one of the guys was like hey did you know that they, they did a like they did a groundhouse thing together him and tarantino i was like what I'm like what what are, you, what are you talking about i didn't know tarantino had already did a movie like, mm. called death proof what where have i been like <laughs> been in a recession and trying to get out of college and all stuff. Totally missed that one. Um, and, and that's how I was introduced to this film and purchased both of them and enjoyed both of them. So that's how I was introduced to this film still in my collections. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What did you, um, like or not like about the film? Uh, so I really liked one, uh, Kurt Russell's performance. Yeah. As, Stuntman Mike, he he breaks bad in this one, y'all. He breaks <laughs> bad, which we typically don't see uh, out of Kurt. I mean, we we see him play the antihero as, as Snake yeah. Plissken yeah. in uh, Escape from New York, but in this one, he's 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 crazy. But he 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 gives this nice range, especially towards the end. Yeah, I I, I love the way he flips <laughs> when when he when he's hurt. I'm like crying like a little biatch. Yeah, I'm like. That's so good. Like the acting in it, I'm like, that's it's yeah, it's 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 enjoyable because he's yeah. getting his comeuppance. Uh, I like the other performances as well from the other the other ladies and and uh, you know got the classic Tarantino dialogue. My only dislike is kind of just like the 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 quick end. Uh, oh, yeah, interesting. Just like at the end, like once they finish beating him down and he just falls and like dang, like the end. I'm like, I, I kind of don't like that. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't really much else to do, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't care for that that abrupt yeah abrupt ending. Yeah, how about you? Um, I ran out of money. That's <laughs> that's that's all. That's all we got time for, guys. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, it was a lot of talking. Like, I don't know if I I didn't really dig the talking in the first half of the movie as much with that that group of um characters. Mm-hmm. I think the dialogue kind of can be minimal in that one, and it probably could have benefited from more editing, probably on the front side, in my opinion. 
Um, maybe the theatrical cut, like you were talking about, maybe that one was chopped down a little bit more with the dialogue, and they just kept more of the action stuff. Uh, but but since it was a you know to be true to form, grindhouse exploitation, I feel like it could have been that part could have been cut down um, just a little bit um, because like the it feels like the movie starts when when we see Rosario and the girls is just like okay now the movie has started. The it's a totally different. I mean, it it becomes a a different film. I mean, the way it's shot. I mean, they kind of you know the first half of the film they're really going for that beat up film quality. We get the weird the weird edits and the cuts and then the, the griminess and they 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 literally beat the film up to get that effect. Mm-hmm. But then once we come out of Texas and now we're in Tennessee, it's just shot like a regular film. Yeah, it's like part. black and white. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that about it. Um, but not necessarily more about the because in Planet Terror it's like that the whole way through the movie. So if you see Planet Terror, it's always like that. And I expected the Grindhouse to be the death proof to be just like that the whole way through. Not necessarily sure why they decided to do that. Um, but I'm talking more just about the chemistry with the actors the, and the characters. It's like soon as you dive into the second half with the with the girls, it's like we're all we're already laughing, we're already entertained. There they come across as a little more likable yeah uh yeah but to me they come across as a little bit more likable like the, the girls in the first part especially like jungle julie like she's she comes across as kind of like mean like mm, like you fine but <laughs> yeah it kind of mean yeah you know and she's going back and forth with her friend yada yada and, and i don't know they they just uh yeah they they don't they don't quite feel as as mm-hmm. they don't feel as lived in in my i don't know for me, it didn't feel as lived in. Um, and maybe they came out. Maybe that's because of how the actors approached the roles. Um, um, we could talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah. So, that's the only thing. I just wish it had the same, like, chemistry where, like, oh, man. Because I think more people would probably give it a, a go. I, I think <laughs> I think maybe it's done on purpose. Because since since they're all going to die in the first half, like, you you you, you kind of feel something for them. You're hanging out with them. But when they die, you're like, oh, it sucks they died, but... Here's the thing, though. Rose McGowan's so good. Like, Rose McGowan, she steals the show from those other girls. So, like, when she's, like, kind of doing her things, like, dang, she's, like, good on camera. Even though we're not really supposed to like her character that much either. But you, for whatever reason, feel for her when she's dying. And she gets bo- a moment to be where you can be sympathetic for. But the other yeah. girls, their their death is quick. There's no, there's no, no chance to beg. I mean, you get the... the the cuts of the yeah. the leg, dang, yeah, boom, and the other, and the other girl's face is like how the tire hits it, and yeah. it's like yeah. oh man. And then I mean, it, and it's 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 like they're done, they're gone. It's a wrap. Yeah. So their their death Fade is the black. yeah, their death is quick, ruthless, and the so, story the story's over. Yeah. So I don't know if it's an act. I don't. I can't really put my finger on it, but there's something that's kind of off, and it could be edited out. Okay. That's all. Mike, you know, something Mike, he's doing his thing. Rose McGowan's doing her thing. Even with Quentin Tarantino. And he talks about he cut himself out of the film a lot in that yeah. first. So I was like, even him, is something's not right. I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it as an actor in this right now. Mm. Uh, but Mike and, you know, Rose McGowan's character is like, all right, they're, they're good. But I don't know. Yeah. That's just a taste thing. It's like, ah. Uh, um, Fair enough. Fair enough. That's the only thing that I really didn't like. But it's still, it's not like horrible or anything like that. It's just... Just a vibe thing. Just a vibe. Uh, just a vibe. Um, and yeah, that's primary. Yeah, I put both of those. That's more like those are the things I really didn't like. But overall, I think it's solid piece of cinema. 
um, with the stunts, like you were saying, like that, those stunts are amazing. And all like non-digital, like it's practical. It's wild. No commentary in this. And I have a DVD with the special features on there. Um, the special features is basically, did you see the stunts on wheels? And it's a piece talking about the legendary drivers of death proof. I did. I was able to find that on, on the tube of you on the onlines. Then you got Kurt Russell at Stuntman Mike. Yep. Finding Quentin's gals, how he was able to get the cast. Yep. The guys of death proof. Um, we got introducing Zoe Bell and then Quentin's greatest collaborator, um, editor Sally Minky, I think. I think that's how you say your last name is either Mink or Minky. That's the only thing I I didn't I didn't see that one. So the cool thing about the Quentin's greatest collaborator, he was basically breaking it down like they only had four and a half weeks to edit the whole movie. Mm. Holy crap! So <laughs> and so with that, um, in this uh, montage, you would have like say. At the very beginning, uh, Quentin would tell the actor, like, hey, Sally's probably in her, she's probably in, she's in L.A. right now and in her studio looking at this footage and just tell her hi. And so they say, hi, Sally. And so in the middle of certain takes with, throughout the film, somebody be arguing like, fuck you. Da, 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 da. Hi, Sally. They'll look at the camera and say, hi, Sally. So I was like, that's actually a cool little gift to give your editor while they're just editing. And then Kurt Russell turns around and says, hi, Sally. Like, oh, because my idea was kind of where to cut. No, or just, just, it's just random. Rec- rec- little motivation, recognition. It's just random. Just shouting out the editor as they're alone in their room huh. because they got all this. It's like a fun surprise for an editor. So I was like, oh, that's pretty thoughtful. Nice. Huh. That is pretty thoughtful. Um. Yeah, I think special features are pretty good. Um, I think the one on YouTube that I think they took all those features and just put it together as one video, right? They there was one that put most of them most of them together. We got I made a playlist. I kind of started grabbing some, made a playlist, and then as I went through, I got to like the third or fourth one, and it was like, yeah, that was the compilation. I was like, oh, I should have started with this <laughs> one, but it didn't have all. I think one of them was was missing, but. But yeah, no, I still was able to uh, to enjoy and take 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 all that in. Yeah, man, um, I do like the the from a tone standpoint. Um, and we start out with what uh, the car. We see the car speeding. We see a lady's legs, her legs and feet on the dashboard. Yep, we've got the music playing. I don't even know what music that was that was playing. Um. We um, we see and we're during this title sequence. We're introduced to Julia Jungle, Jungle uh, Jungle, <laughs> Jungle Julie, <laughs> Jungle Julie, um, and she a tall tall lady. Uh, so we introduced to her and her feet and her legs, um, but all on the screen. And we're just kind of following her, and then she goes to the window to see. We discover, oh, her homegirls are coming to our house. And they got to go pee. So, you know, I was like, okay, could have left that out. But, or is it, what, why leave it in? Okay, maybe we're saying something about, you know, the characters. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we leave that in. But um, that's kind of how we're, the tone is set. And then after they go into her uh, house, uh, we cut back to the car driving that uh, Stuntman Mike is driving. It's just speed and going fast as heck, man. And you're first, first person. Muscle car. Going fast as heck. And I was like, okay. And then kind of fades out after that. 
Yes, sir. But it's kind of letting you know you're on for a ride, tone wise. Yeah, it's it's got the vibes of a again of a, of a of a 1970s slasher. Yeah, flick. Like you already know you're being introduced to the 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 young women who are frivolous and and free and who like to have a good time and you know we'll, we'll get into some of the tropes later. But it's kind of yeah. it's giving you that that build up. Okay, it's typically. Young people who want to go out and have a good time, who are making plans, even though in this regard, it's like they're typically we get that trope of okay, if you're having sex, you're gonna die. Yeah. Whereas most of the people, most of the women in here, they're like they're like not having sex or about to have sex. Yeah. They're actually trying to do a, a trip with just the girls. Like, no, you know, no girls, no guys allowed at um the the lake house that they're going to. Yeah. And even Rose McGowan's character, when she's leaving there, they're, they're kind of insinuating that she's going to sleep with Stuntman Mike. And she's like, he's old enough to be my dad. And he's like, I can hear you. Yeah. You know, like she's not, you know, looking to have any kind of sex. So they're kind of subverting that, but they still die. They still they still die. <laughs> still anyway. dead. Yes. Dead anyway. Mm. Um, I think the the music, the music, it, it stands out. Just like most of the Tarantino stuff. I was introduced to music I'd never heard before. Um, there's, uh, on the, during the DVD menu, there's a song by April, April, I can't think of her name, uh, chick, April something. I, I put her name and then the name, the first part of the actual song title. So it's not even the full name or either one of the people, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, things called chick addiction, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that plays during the DVD menu. I was like, man, this is catchy as heck. And just kind of in on the DVD menu, it's the it's the um, clip where it's Rose uh, Rosaria Dawson and Zoe Bell. They're all like doing flips and handstands and doing all that stuff. And uh, Stuntman Mike is taking pictures of them. Okay, and so that's kind of like just playing over and over again over the DVD menu with that music playing. I was like, this is catchy as heck. They put some time into into the creation of the DVD menu. I was trying to find to see if I could see the the names of some of the. Uh songs and artists who collaborated on that and i think during the uh the title uh sequence is like dum, 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 dum. it's like this hard uh, guitar uh april march is her name ah okay uh, as far as a woman that's singing the song there was one uh, video I watched that was talking about how the film, as far as from the music standpoint, was a combination of like a lot of Texas artists, like Texas, I don't know, not necessarily bluegrass, but like Texas, certain kind of Texas country or Texas kind of rock, a little Texas like blues, kind of like mixed, mixed in. I like it. Those um, are some of the sounds that we were hearing coming out of the jukebox. Uh, we got uh, Chick... Habit, that's the name of the song, Chick Habit, um, by April March. That's the woman that's singing. And then we have the title sequence that drum, 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 drum. It's called The Last Race, which is like the car. It's original music by Jack Nietzsche. Mm. And then the coming out the jukebox, what um, I can't remember the actress name. Um, um, I think she's Italian, maybe it's Italian last name. But um, she's singing to a song, I mean, she's dancing to a song called Down in Mexico. 
Vanessa Ferlito. Ferlito. So, yeah, the song is called Down in Mexico by the, the Coasters. Co- yeah. When I heard it, I was like, that sounds like, a, like the Coasters, man. And I could hear this. And I was like, that sounds like the Coasters straight up. But I never <laughs> I never heard that song by them. Yeah. But I was like, man, that sounds like the Coasters. <laughs> and Nana. Cool. Yeah, so their songs are always kind of entertaining. I don't know how I don't don't know how much of the coasters you've heard before, but their their stories are are their songs are usually have like good stories to them. Mm, okay, no, yeah, not familiar. I was introduced through through this movie to them. Yeah, so that was sometimes a little a little a little silly sometimes, but it's uh yeah interesting some of the the, the tales they tell. Like again, like uh, Love Potion Number Nine. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, so I know their songs, I just don't know them. Yes, sir. Huh. That's the way it should be. I think the reason is because a song gets to be the the star versus you know what they say the 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 video person that looks the prettiest and all that. They kind of taking over the actual music. Mm. Any rate, what uh the style? What kind of style? Of course, this is Grindhouse. That's what they promoting. So, what is the style of this film? Uh, yeah, visually it is it is grasping on to the 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 exploitation of the of the seventies. It's 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 got a grimy look to it. Um, the the hues are, are kind of different uh, as well. Again, they they they've made the they've made this. This was definitely shot on film, and yeah. they actually took the film and beat it up. Yeah, to to. To that's, give it this, rough. yeah, to give this really rough look to it, and, and to look like to look like mistakes were made in the editing and on purpose, and things, you know, relapsing and kind of going back, and it's 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 fascinating, um, but it but it, it kind of draws you in in that regard. You're like, ah, oh, this is a lot of thought put in. Um, also, to add to the style, when the movie start, you see this old seventies. Rest- that says instead of saying rated R, it says restricted, and it's a little lion that's animated, or is that a tiger? Um, or is that, I don't know what it is, but it's a cat. Ah, <laughs> it's an animal <laughs> uh, crawling across, um, and it says restricted. But oh, it's in the style of the like the seventies. So it was like all this older logos. That's yeah. like, oh, it kind of gets you in the vibe of okay, this is this is an older film, even though it's happening today. And if you and if you if you watch this in the theaters with the, the Grindhouse special, they had additional ads like fake trailers that they made by some of their friends that would have been Um, fun to see i think eli roth did one for for a film a fake film uh Uh, edgar wright did one for for a film as well did he do uh, thanksgiving was that the one that uh i think that was eli roth and he did thanksgiving thanksgiving i saw that one that was Ah, it's on planetary nice nice thanksgiving but then robert rodriguez (laughs) he did he did the trailer for machete machete we know that one ends up becoming an actual film. Yeah, that one's hilarious. Have you seen the trailer for the for? I'm pretty sure I have. It's been a while, but I'm, I'm positive crap. I have. It's funny that it be that it started out just as a joke, but Robert Rodriguez talks about like creating. He's like, man, it's easy to do a trailer like that because all you do is like you're just shooting the money shots. You know what I mean? So it's it's actually fun to do that and end up being such a hit. It's like, well, I guess we got to make it now. Yeah. And so then that becomes its own groundhouse um exploitation film. And got garnered a sequel as well. Shout out. Um but yeah, um the you got tons of film grain, you got the jump cuts, like it's like, oh man, parts of the film are actually missing. 
<laughs> so yeah. and so I was like, thanks. You know, especially during like some of the dialogue stuff. It's like, okay, it, it like jumps and you kind of get rid of it. And it's like, oh man, that, that helps us out. Mm. Um and like I was saying earlier, it seems like the second part feels more like a like a different movie. It's, it feels as if Stuntman Mike is driving through different movies and killing people. It's like, I'm, I'm going to kill these women in this slasher film, but then let me go to this Hollywood movie and kill these girls. Mm. And so it just feels like he's just driving to different movies and killing people. That's interesting. <laughs> the same thing. character. Huh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty fascinating. Um, so yeah, style, style standpoint, but it's super clean, man. Uh, you can still see uh, Tarantino's style within everything, you know, the, the tropes that he likes to put in. They're here completely. The dialogue that he likes to use. Yeah. You know, the shots that he had, you know, we can definitely see that. Oh, yeah. And even like the contained things within the Tarantino universe, whether it's the, the mentioning of big kahuna burgers oh, yeah, or yeah. red apple boy. cigarettes. Yeah, like, ah, those things are there again. That Michael is, Michael Parks. That is a tasty burger. Mm, yeah, yes, sir. Themes. Did you get any themes out of this? Yes, I had a few themes of uh, terror. Again, slasher, revenge, and I also said independent women. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I didn't put together is that um, his metaphor, uh, Tarantino, is um, kind of like rape. Um, whereas he's using the sex metaphor of the the vehicles raping people, oh. and so that's and then when he said, and I, I heard in the interview that he did with uh, Charlie Rose and Robert Rodriguez together, they kind of talk about this. Uh, they're two different films. Um, it's a metaphor, and then so when you <laughs> when you see uh, Tracy's character, uh, the black lady with the curly hair, is driving, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah, I'm a bust in your butt. I'm a, you know, yeah, she's, she's like she's having like, sex like, with like him. She's yeah, like yeah. violating him. Yeah, so like they're basically the car is the rapist mm. and violating people, and so he's using the car as that metaphor. It's like, huh? That's interesting. He like put a lot of thought into this. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty powerful, especially considering. With Rose McGowan's character, when when she's like adamant about that, that she's not going to have any kind of sex with this guy, yeah, and she's at a place where she's trapped there with him, and you know, it seems like you know, like like she's safe, going to be safe with him, but mm-hmm. she's got red flags, you know, even seeing how the seat is is set up where there's no safety, and he's so you know saying, oh, that it's so safe, that it's death proof, yeah, but you find out really it's only for the driver and. And yeah, and she's begging him to to stop, and that she won't say anything, like she'll keep quiet about it, and that he still, you know, violates her to death in essence with uh, the crash of the vehicle. That's that's fascinating. Isn't that Man, crazy? That's a uh, wow. Makes you look at it differently, and then um, and I didn't re- realize, and I, I wasn't really studying slash the slasher genre, and you know, I know all together is it's horror. But mm-hmm. like slasher specific, um, uh, my first time hearing it is by going back and looking through this stuff and reading what he wrote in the book. That it's like, oh, this is a slasher film, and I didn't, I didn't catch that <laughs> the first. <laughs> we've, we've watched plenty. I know, right? But we, we, since we can then, see yeah, it. Yeah, since, yeah. since then, it's like, oh, this is. Yeah, we know what slashers are now. Oh um, yeah, but like, I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh, this is smart. You know what I mean? It's like when, when people, when you get like say a still a steven spielberg you know people that know what they're doing in their craft and they know the research they know the experiences and they had it all you're in then they're on their 20th film or whatever you're like in the hands of a craftsman 
You know what I mean? That knows what they're doing and they know all the rules and know how to break the rules. Oh, so yeah. you're like in good hands, but you don't realize why if you're not really into the the art uh, of yeah. it. Yeah. Or that or or know the rules of that genre. Yeah. But yeah. They uh he makes it work here. Um from a directing point of uh, point of view, you know, he was talking about um how he likes to research films. Um research like He's like just always like a student of uh, film in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and then basically, you know, once he dies, that's when class is over. Um, and he talks about there was a the reason why he was this kind of can go into trivia, but I put it in director point of view for whatever reason. Um, what made him choose Slasher as his part of the grindhouse, because at first it was going to be a zombie film. Because Robert Rodriguez had a zombie uh, script. It was like 30 pages. Like, hey, you can use, you know, I got 30 pages of the script. You know, you can take over and do that. And Tarantino was going to do that. Kind of like the Dusk of Doll thing. And uh, instead, he's like, you know what? I, I, I'm, I got my own film I want to do. Yeah, and so he decided to go this way. But the reason why he was into slashers is because for about a year and a half, he would um, study slasher films or different genres. He would just go into a genre and subgenres, study directors, study the actors, and just study, write down notes, and just file it. You know, that's just something that he does. And so he just, at that time, just so happened to be in slasher mode. That and was so, okay. And so that's how it translated over into this film. Nice, nice. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, do you have any favorite scenes or memorable scenes? I've got a few. Uh, again, I didn't put down a whole. I got. I got a pretty small list. Uh, first, the first is the 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 head-on crash. <laughs> yeah, that's very memorable. Golly, and the fact that it does kind of the the almost I, I consider almost like a nineteen nineties. I think of Jean Claude Van Damme when I think of the mm -hmm. the multiple takes of the just stop. Uh, uh, we go back a little bit, show from a different angle, up, yeah. stop, all right, different angle. Just <laughs> each each person, kind of how they die from That's rough. from old girls from jungle jungle Julia's leg straight up. Yeah, her leg is hanging out the window, and upon uh, impact, her leg just flies onto the seam. Severed. Yeah, that's gross. It's just like that that limb that they have just hitting the ground. Yeah, and then the girl who's driving, how she is just crushed by the the impact of the, the dashboard and steering Dang. wheel, just just being shoved into her her sternum and and, and abdomen. She's crushed. Uh, and then with um, Arlene, mm -hmm. uh, with her her face getting just destroyed by the wheel of the vehicle coming over her face and yeah. just just uh, the the weight the weight and force of this spinning Man. wheels at at you know, 70, 80 miles per hour. Uh, and then I forgot. And then, oh, and the other, the other girl, um, Shauna mm -hmm. getting just ejected out oh, of the vehicle. That's right. First, I think she, she was the first, first one. Yeah. <laughs> she gets ejected maybe 20 feet into the air. Dead. And yeah, God. she comes down dead on the concrete, dead, dead on arrival. Smack like, goes to the windshield. Right. And just flips in the air, tumbles, that's what, first on the concrete. And that's one of those things, even, even if you're wearing a seatbelt, like, I mean, the fact that he had his lights off and he was just full throttle ahead, I mean, a head-on collision, just brutal. But that is memorable. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Kurt Russell eating nachos. Close up. How gross is that? It's like he's eating these nachos. It's like dripping down. His, it sounds disgusting. Yeah, it really and then does. it's like this cheese that like, where does cheese come from? It's like, uh, who eats at a bar like this? Velveeta. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Velveeta. It was good, but 
Yeah, it's it's just pretty disgusting. <laughs> I'm like, it, but it's 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 made to look. There's a way you can he's, shoot people eating. He's sucking his fingers. Like, oh man, the way it's disgusting. It's like, oh, this guy does not care. He, he's he's not trying to uh, attract anybody. He's like, I'm I'm eating. Like, yeah, just, ah, 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 ah. yeah. That 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 was memorable. Um, uh, I'll say, you know, from the first time I watched it, I'll say that when they're doing the whole, what do they call it? When, when Zoe Bell's on the front of the car, what do they call it? What? The, the, the uh, something of the ship, mast? Ship mast. Ship, ship yeah, mast. something like that. Mm-hmm. I, that's just insane. Like, just, yeah. what are you doing with your life where you that's got two belts tied to the front windshield of the car as you hold on while people are driving at, you know, beyond 70 miles per hour? I want to know the story behind that because I know just some people are crazy, right? We just, we know it. They take their bumps. They keep like, I'll do it again. I'll Come jump back down. for more. I'll go, I'll jump. If you want me to, I'll jump down three stories. Everybody else is terrified because they've seen this person damn near die. And they like, hey, I'll do it again, uh, director, if you want me to. And you, as a director, you're like, I, I think we got it. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> don't, we don't want to tip fake. <laughs> You're okay. Yeah. But they probably don't want to do it, but they will do it. That's the thing that's crazy. Mm. Uh, they just have that button. They just have that thing missing. That's like, yeah, I'll do it. Fine. Fine. If that's what y'all want, I'll do it. It's my job. That's why they stay in business because, I mean, who else is going to do it? Yeah, great question. Uh, <laughs> you got another memorable scene? I like uh, when... Um, uh, Stuntman Mike is eating his nachos and then we pan to the right we see Eli Roth I don't know his character's name but he's with his buddy at the bar and they're kind of like talking about uh, <laughs> talking about Stuntman Mike and he's like oh man Dov his name's Dov D-O-V Dov <laughs> unbelievable so uh, he's like oh, oh, did he cut his face stepping out of his time machine and then Ooh. they started laughing <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's pretty mean like, it's like man these guys are just ragging on this on this guy. He's eating his nachos. Eli said, "I mean, I enjoy listening to Eli talk. It, he's entertaining. Um, we'll see more of him in Inglorious Bastards. True that. Um, and then, like when uh, they were talking about, man, girls don't like the you know anybody that's driving right now with your kids. You know, there might be a little bit of foul language. You know, with some of the quotes. But uh, Eli Roth was like, bitch, you eat." She'll drink anything long as a man is buying it. You know, just like the the stuff that he's saying, like there's a jerk, you know. Yeah. These guys are just these guys are trying to get these girls drunk and they're trying to get laid. Yeah. So Here. but it's it's also again, just like again, you know, we, we as the world is uh changing or whatever, you're like you are like, Oh man, these guys are like, this is bad. This yeah. is bad. But, you know, kudos to these girls, they're like, Nope. You know, we're even no matter how much they've had to drink, they 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 stick to their Stick to their guns. Yeah. Um, another memorable scene um, when uh, Abernathy, played by Rosario Dawson, is talking about like Zoe Bell and like how they're different, like how everybody has like their own talents and stuff like that, but like how she almost died being close to this cliff and if she fell, she would have broke her neck. But, you know, she warned Zoe about it. But Zoe, knowing about this, you know, she could fall off this thing, falls anyway over this cliff but makes it out alive no pops unscathed right back, pops right back up i'm Uns- okay unscathed you know she talks about this at the dinner table uh, with the other girls um and then we that story builds up to later when 
they are being like just while they're playing their game, Stum and Mike is just smashing into their car trying to kill him. And we think that Zoe is dead because she's no longer on the roof of the car. She gets projected off as they, as they, as she, as, as, uh, what's her name comes to a, a sudden stop. Yeah. As Kim comes to a sudden stop. Yeah, Zoe gets just ejected off of the roof, yeah. roof of the of the hood of the car. So we think that she's dead and uh, or at least severely injured. Yeah, and Kim's crying is like, dang, this girl, this woman is a great actress. Like, the, she's got the tears pouring down, but it's like controlled crying because she's like pissed, but at the same time she's trying to save her, make sure her friend doesn't die. It's like a lot of things going on behind those For eyes. Real. She's determined while the tears are falling down, so it's not like boo hoo. It's just these tears are flowing. It's like she's doing it's great acting. Um, and then the sigh of relief that you see on her face when we discover like Zoe's okay. I'm okay. And she really like just pops up out of the grass waving, I'm okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of cute. It's like, it's like this release. Oh man. We feel it too as the audience. She's like, like oh, oh, thank God. Now let's go kill this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cute when she pops up. Uh, so uh, again, another memorable scene. Um, again, again, this is kind of like getting, we already know Mike is a, is a killer. Yeah. But, this is where he gets like like creepy, <laughs> and again Rosario Dawson sitting in the back seat of the car, her feet hanging out the window, just bare feet, just hanging out the window. Uh, Lee is sitting in the front seat, got got her her got her, her she has her iPod, has her earbuds in, and she's singing yeah. this song. And Kim is inside the store, and you know. Mike's looking around, all kind of you know creeper like, and then he gets a little closer, <laughs> and then he kind of just brushes his hand along along Rosario's feet, like, yeah. like brushes his finger along, and she kind of you know her feet move like like you know like you know, like a like a bug brushed against him or something like that, mm-hmm. and then he gets a little bit closer and kind of rubs his whiskers of his face like on her feet. Yeah, and he may. I think I don't think he actually licks them. He like licks his finger and his finger touches her toe. Yeah, but I think there's I think there's like in a promo shot where he actually maybe does like lick them. Or something oh like that. wow. But, but nonetheless, also she like kind of like draws her feet in real quick, and he and he drops his keys on the ground. He's like, "Where are my keys?" And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. "Whoa, that's a uh, that's pretty creepy, dude. Pretty creepy." But yeah. it's like, remember, you're like, "Okay, this guy's, we know he's off, but it's like this he's, is he's all the way gone." Yeah, he's on the hunt. He's like kind of again, just I don't know, just he's pressing those limits of of, of just starting to violate the space, right? To get get in, yeah, and uh, but he wants them to know. You know, his here I am in my car, or whatever, and and then he you know flexes and then comes back around to see him again. They're like, oh, he's he's compensating for something, whatever. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like wow. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, there's also when the scene leading up to Kim and Zoe playing ship mass on top of the Dodge Challenger. Um, Abernathy she was like I want to hang out with the cool kids you know I don't want to stay here behind and da 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 so she's convincing them to uh, to ri- let her ride with them and then Kim was like I need you to be quiet don't say nothing if you want to yeah. ride with us don't I, you will drop you off on the side of the road and come back and get you if we hear mm. a peep out of you basically like be quiet laying, laying down the law <laughs> yeah and so it's funny to see um, Zoe, there's a shot where Zoe's looking at us, the camera, but we're in the, from the perspective of Abernathy. And she said, hey, Ab, check this out. And then she just climbs on top of the vehicle. Like she's on the side and she climbs on the front hood. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Okay, 
this is what they mean what they're about to do. And so now Abernathy, for the first time, is seeing what they mean, what they're doing at, with this little stunt called ship mass or whatever. Wild. Uh, yeah. And so Kim tells Abby, come up to the front. And so she gets to the front. And you can see in Rosaria Dawson's eyes, like, her light up as she sees these strong women doing this stunt. She's like, oh, my God. She's Yeah, the fact that she's into it. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. And she's kind of celebrating. She's screaming. They're yelling. They're, they're celebrating together. Uh, another memorable scene again for me this is towards the the end once once Mike gets shot in the arm and just him turning into a baby yeah about the whole thing and Kurt Russell's performance this is where like it like blows me away oh god because he's he's normally playing a tough a tough dude like Kurt Russell's constantly playing like the tough guy yeah and you see him just he 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 just goes for it just like he's wounded and yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he becomes a baby, and he's crying, crying about it. Oh, man. it's it's beautiful because you're like, because you're kind of like, yeah, take that, you yeah. bastard. But uh, and then even at the end, once he, you know, his car is jacked up, and he's he is wailing and weeping, like crying, man, yeah, just straight up crying. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then when the girls, they just they. They just go to work on him. Yeah, they they pull him out of that vehicle and they kick. He's like, wait, his. wait, wait, my arm's broke. And then it snaps some more. Snap, snap. Oh man! And then, then, then the, the sound design when they're hitting him, dude. Oh, it's oh man! It's like wow. And then you get the you get the end credits, the end. And then all of a sudden it plays a little bit more. And then you just see Rosario Dawson do this axe kick oh. right onto his face, like with she, her heels, with the heels, and it's like, oh, that guy's he, yes, he's he's dead. When did we see a heel to the eye? Call back to uh, single white female. Yeah, <laughs> heels to the eyes. Mm. The hills have eyes. The hills have heels eyes. Heels to the eyes. I gotta give my pants down real low. <laughs> <laughs> the hills have eyes. Mm. Um, also, another uh, perspective shot is when we're in the car, either riding with stuntman mike or with uh the the Kim. girls um we see the car smashing into us it's like oh and you almost got to move your arm out the way so the car can smash to the door but we're inside the car that's being smashed it's a great shot on both sides when they mm. do that it's like dang this is great they're really in this car doing this for real yeah so that, that's pretty much all i got for like memorable scenes there's a lot more but i mean it's it's good good cinematography yes sir um oh wait one more one more memorable scene is when uh we find out that a butterfly who was played by uh i forgot her name vanessa uh farlito farlito um butterfly is played by her and basically her homegirl julie has basically told everybody in the town of austin that if somebody comes to her to her friend butterfly offers a drink and recites a poem then she'll do a, a lap dance for them Yes. And so we're thinking we're going through the whole night and she doesn't have to do this. It's like, oh, yeah, they've been drinking. They've having a good time. The night's about to be over. The whole time, Stuntman Mike knows the poem. And so he goes up to her, gives them both a drink, and recites the poem. And then she's like, nah, they're trying to shut it down. Like, nah, she's done. Nah, she's not going to do it. She ain't going to dance with you. And then he said, well, then he goes on to be like, have you ever heard the saying, you're all right in my book? Or that, you know, he starts like laying these quotes down. He said, but you know what? I actually have a book. And he pulls out a book and I'm writing your name down to chicken shit. And oh, then she was, man. and like she has that New York like attitude. So she's like, no, I'm going to do this. Yep. <laughs> and, it, 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 and it's like that. And I'm glad you brought that scene up because, again, kudos to 
uh, Kurt Russell's his performance, and also for Vanessa as well. Because yeah, Vanessa there's this Vanessa solid. There's this dynamic between them where we already know that there's something off about stuntman Mike. Yeah, but he's super charming in that moment because he even says that. What is is it my scar? Yeah, you know, is it, is it my scar? And she's like, she nods. She's like, no, it's your car. Yeah, and he's like, well. It's my mom's car. And it's like, like kind of like this. I'm like, yo, this dude is, it's nacho eating mother. <laughs> smooth, yes. And that's that's what makes kind of the 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 creepiest killers when they can turn on this charm, the sociopathic yeah. turn on this charm. You're like, what? And then of course we get the the lap dance scene, which old girl has. She's got some rhythm, she man. Some like, she got, so on. like, okay, so for that first part of the the movie, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to completely. You know, step on it. But uh, like that scene when it's raining outside and that whole situation going on, that's probably like one of the better scenes of that whole first half of the film. Then, of course, her dancing. That's very fine with me. You know, yeah, she, she does a, it's well done. That, that song stays in my head after that whole sequence. Mm. Yeah. Memorable. Definitely memorable. That's all I have for memorable uh, sequences. Yes, sir. Me too. Um, tropes I know I mean we, there's plenty of Quentin Tarantino tropes but what did you what did you pull for tropes close up of the needle on the record uh, put the needle on the record yes put the needle on the record put the needle <laughs> on the record put the needle on the record and the drum beat goes like this yeah <laughs> plenty of times with, with the or just, even just the jukebox selection yeah yeah absolutely yeah well done uh, the only I just had you know the uh, the trunk shot like except except it's the hood right so yeah. looking like it looking in the hood uh-huh. that's true that's true uh, I got a uh, feet out the window and foot massage talk because I think I think talk of a foot massage happens maybe like twice I think in both with both sets of girls somehow it it comes up oh I know it came up with. Kim and Zoe, Zoe. And right? She was like, "You, if I do this, you're gonna be my slave, or, or something like that." And she's mm-hmm. like, "I want foot massages. I want this or what that." Yeah, it did come up. Deal. She's like, "Deal." Zoe is so charismatic. Yeah, she is, and likable. Um, that's all I have for like tropes. That I just remember the trunk shot, and I mean, there's plenty of Tarantino isms in that's, there. That's true. Uh, again, just like again, the the killer creeping and stalking his yeah. prey. Uh, drunk girls in a, in a slasher film. Oh, uh, the blonde dies first. Oh, wow, uh, Rose McGowan. Yep. Uh, the the same sheriff, you know, from yeah, Kill Bill, from Dust Till Dawn, and now you know here in- and in Planetary as well. So they're yeah, he's because that they keep visiting that hospital. Ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and then well, that, that's actually more of a. Mm, a theme, but um, but yeah. Oh, well, I guess it technically is a trope. So then, like a trope of 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 meeting your match mm. uh, within a horror film, which is ultimately mm. what Killer Mike he he meets his match. Yeah, and uh, his demise. Yeah, I guess usually in the slasher film, there's isn't there usually sex in the slasher film? Usually but, there is, but, but the sex has happened via vehicle. It's vehicular, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that that's a again. You bring like, oh man, that's a huh. That's a pretty solid point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a interesting way to introduce rape without seeing rape. Yeah. Human rape. And really, in Tarantino's films, there's there's typically not a lot of like gratuitous sex. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess I mean maybe in and even like not really a lot of nudity per se. 
I mean, there's a little bit in Django. Uh, there's a thing, a scene where Kerry Washington is, uh, yeah. is briefly nude. Yeah. And then when that's kind of hard to be true to slavery without, oh, God. Yeah. How and do then, you not? Yeah. And then a little bit with, you know, Jamie Foxx, you know, he's upside down and about to, you know, castrate him. But Ooh. yeah. Rough. Indeed. But, uh, but yeah, there's really isn't too much actual, like, like, I, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know of an actual, like, sex scene within. Yeah. Not like, I don't think so. Nothing. There's nothing in Kill Bill. There's, there's nothing in even in Jackie Brown. I mean, aside from you know, there's obviously there's a rape in Pulp Fiction. I know, right? It's always rapey. Yeah, yeah his sex is defeat. I mean, I think he, that's enough for him. <laughs> it's the fetish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. What about in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? There's not really. I don't recall a like an actual sex scene in there either. Anyway, it's just yeah, a, yeah, I've yeah, don't know. Maybe there's parts with the little the Manton chicks, but um, hmm. on the farm. But I'm, I don't. It was about to go down, right? There's there's, down. there's always plenty of like it, about like, to happen. There's like a lot of foreplay, yeah, kind of leading up to like the possibility of, but then something subverts it or whatever. Eh, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Nothing I can recall. You're gonna finish your drink. Yeah. You're gonna thank you for a good time. You're gonna go home. Yes. Jack off. And that's all you're gonna do. <laughs> then he comes out. Oh no, no. Oh man. Fuck you, answer. <laughs> oh man. Quotes, man. Quotes. What quotes do we have? Oh, this is uh, one from uh, Stuntman Mike. Oh, this is when he's talking to Pam Rose McGowan's character at the bar, and she's like, "You what are you? Some kind of cowboy?" And he gets very serious. I'm not a cowboy, Pam. I'm a stuntman. Oh. Whoa. Easy. Um, the girls are talking about the guys at the first scene. And it was like, uh, you know, we just did the thing. And then it was like. The thing? Do guys like the thing? And then she's like, it's better than no thing. thing. <laughs> it's like, eh, point taken. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely right. That's true. That's true. Uh, this is Pam uh, talking to. I always want to say Killer Mike, but uh, Stuntman Kill, Mike. Killer Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it fits. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> and she's talking about how uh, Jungle Julia. They went to high school together, and how yeah. she was. He was how she was at tall in middle school. Yeah. And she was like, uh, "He's like, well, why don't you, you know, get her back, whatever?" And she's like, "Sorry, I'm I'm a little girl." No, she said. Sorry, I'm built like a girl, like, like a like a girl, and uh, not like a black man. I was like, "Ooh, it's racist uh, and funny." I was like, "Oh, let me rewind this, make sure I heard her <laughs> yes. right." I was like, "Let me put the subtitles on to see." Oh, okay, that's that's what she said. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm built like a girl and not like a black man. I'm yeah. like, that's very specific. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm built like a girl, not a black man, and was, not even just a man, a, a black, black man. man. <laughs> wow. She as because uh, Julie's black, right? Uh, or brown, yeah. nonetheless. Uh, yeah, uh, and so and she's six foot, so it's hilarious. It it's like racist but funny, and uh, yeah, I was like oh, man, I didn't know how to take that one, but yeah, she's got yeah. a point. It reminds huh. me of uh, uh, um, what's her name, uh, R- Ronda Rousey. So when she was, a lot of people were giving her, especially like women. I don't know if it was women or 
I think it was like tabloids were basically giving her crap about her physique. And then she was like, I have a body that's built for uh, fighting, not for effing billionaires. And that's what it rem- that line is what that reminded me of. Oh, wow. <laughs> but when, but when, when Rhonda wants to clean up and look sexy, she's able to do it. Rhonda Rousey. Good old Rousey. Yeah. I'm not going to say no. Hey. <laughs> Out of respect. <laughs> Don't put me in an arm bar. Nope. Yeah, she yeah, she can hurt some folks when she wants to. Uh, this is just another quote. This is from the sheriff. And this is the callback, really, I think, to uh, Kill Bill. And he says, well, son number one. That's it. That's oh, that, 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 was, that. that was Well, son number one. And then he goes into what he was going to say. But he says the same thing, I think, in, in Kill Bill. It's like, well, son number one. As uh, Rose McGowan, she's at the bar, at the bar, and she's basically letting Warren know, like, "Hey, I'm probably going to need a ride out of here." And then uh, we see some keys slide across the table to her, and then cut to Stump and Mike, and says, "Fair lady, your chariot Cheer awaits." Mm. It's like, ah, this is cool, cool line. This is uh, right as Zoe is deciding that she wants to 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 do the whole. Uh, Ship mass thing. We gotta figure out what the name of that thing, what that yeah. game was. But get on the roof, get on the hood of the car, basically. Yeah. And she's telling Ken that's what she wants to do in this in this ride that they're borrowing from this guy. And Kim just kind of goes off. Says, "Remember the last time you wanted? If you want to do this again, you told him I could actually physically restrain you." And then in the end, eventually Zoe says, "However," and Kim just cuts her off. And just I love the way she delivers. She goes, "Whatever to your however." <laughs> And yeah. But it's the way she delivers it, it's just, uh, it, it's just fantastic. The way Kim delivers her dialogue is super reminiscent of Samuel Jackson, the way she Absolutely. delivers Tarantino's dialogue. It's, yeah, it's just like, it's like she studied Samuel or something. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> I could restrain your ass, however, whatever would you have. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah, she's, uh, and she's, you know, dropping the N-word here and there, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, you already uh, when uh, so there's a scene with um, Rosaria Dawson, uh, what's it, uh, Abernathy is trying to convince this Tennessee backwoods guy who they're she's trying to convince him to let them borrow the Dodger Challenger and that their friend I forgot their name Lee Lee she's going to stay behind she's got a little cheerleader outfit on she's going to stay behind as a surety that. You know, we'll be back with your vehicle and our vehicle here as well. And so she's so she's like, yeah, me, uh, Kim, she's going to be driving. And then the, the guy's like, who's Kim? She the color. She the color girl. And then, and then <laughs> just that pause. Abernathy does a pause. The woman of color, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is Kim. Yes. This is like I like it's, I would correct them in an under normal circumstances. But like right now, let's I've just got an agenda. Yes. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> the colored girl. She's not the color girl. Like, like wow, the woman of color. Yes, that. Yeah, she just worked, worked, worked right through that. Uh, so this is after Killer Mike has basically harassed Killer them. Mike. Dang, I'm already saying it. This yeah. is after Stuntman Mike. <laughs> that was unintentional. This is after Stuntman Mike has already harassed the girls, almost gotten Zoe killed, and is and, and is ramming at them and and basically sexually harassing them, or ve- vehicularly yeah. sexually harassing them. And they, they, they survive, and they see Zoe's alive. 
And they're like, okay, we're going to go and, and get him. And they were going to say, okay, you know, Abernathy, you, you got to get out. We'll, we'll, we'll come back for you. And she's like, no. She goes, let's kill that MFR. Yeah. It's like, oh, like they they just turned up. And again, earlier, Abernathy had, had told them, she goes, whenever y'all want to do something fun, y'all always say that it's too whatever because, because I've got a kid. So we get that small bit of explanation that she's a mom. Oh, um, that's right. She did say, you're a mom. You're a mom. Yeah. Mom. But this 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 mom's ready to kill. Wow! And she delivers the for sure. The I, kill, you know what? I didn't even blow. catch that part, but I did catch it when Zoe said, "Yeah, but you're you're staying here because you're a mom." Mm. I didn't get why she was saying that. I thought th- that she was acting mom like. Uh, I didn't know that she was actually a mother. I think she actually says either so because she, of my mom or she says because I have a kid, um, one or the other. But she but she uh, states uh, that she is a mother. Which actually makes sense why they would want them to stay behind, want her to stay behind. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to get into this gangster stuff. <laughs> mm. um, there's a scene where um, Zoe is on top of the car, but her belly is on the hood, facing us with Kim, who's driving, and she's talking to Kim, and Mike is ramming them with the car, and almost she's almost falling off, and she's like, "I'm sorry," talking to Kim. I'm sorry, I called you black bitch. Oh wow! <laughs> she's like crying while she's saying, "I'm sorry, I called you black bitch." <laughs> wow! Oh man, she's like confessing of all the things that you know that happens. Like, hey, life flashing before your eyes. Like, you get it out is, the way. This could be the end. I was like, when did she say that? You know, maybe this is a, you know, this is something previous, that happened off yeah, camera. Previous conversation. <laughs> mm. That's all the quotes that I had, my friend. Same. Did you have any questions for our filmmakers? Actually, yes. Uh, I got two questions. One, what is the reaction of the the actual car owner when these girls know, right? get back? Because they just straight trashed be, his ride. That would be a funny scene, like in sequence. Like, you know, the car like it's like smoking and it's like coming back and like Lee is like running, like her like her skirts ripped and said, Where the fuck have y'all been? And then like And that's how yeah, I'm wondering what, <laughs> what happened with Lee and this guy with her being left behind with him. He, he may be a Gentlemen, I don't know, but it, it was led that he was a creep by how he laughed. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, but these are all strong women, so yeah. Uh, maybe Lee has some skills that we don't know about to defend herself. Yes, but um, my, so my my other question is, and again, it kind of got answered. I was like, all right, when 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 Mike was originally like ramming their car, I mm. knew that. I knew that Kim was strapped. You know, we established that she has a gun at the dinner table. Yeah, I'm like, why is she not like using this thing to shoot this guy away? Like right, right now. Not that you know, I know he was on different sides of the vehicle, but I'm like, she's got a gun. And I know it's probably far easier in the quote unquote movies yeah. to to to, <laughs> to pull out a gun while your shoot. friend is on the hood of a car trying not to kill your friend, or at least like give it to to Rosario. Like, okay, look, look, take a shot at this guy. Like, all you have to do is aim. You know, it's not. You know, the, at least to deter him. It is not the thing to do. Shoot a pistol in the car. Yeah, but but <laughs> once but once they <laughs> but once they parked, she got oh out. yeah, bah, bah, bah. yeah, that was perfect. Oh, now okay. that was fun, Snake. Oh damn! But that that kind of I'm like okay okay she used it at the when she could get a beat on this guy. Yeah, I was like dang now okay that's a that is my question. Yes, indeed. Um, do you have any trivia? I do have a bit of trivia here. 
most of the stunts were were done somewhere between uh, eighty and one hundred miles per hour. That is dangerous. I like the. Um, I'll get back to it in the film tip thing. Uh, Buddy Joe Hooker, a famed stuntman, was Kurt's stunt driver. Boom. I had two things in trivia, but I already covered them earlier in in our show, so you can keep on going with your trivia. Gotcha. Uh, Tracy Tracy Danisaw and Chrissy Weathersby were the two stunt women drivers uh, for the yeah. sh- for the show. With Chrissy Weathersby, she Tarantino made sure that against a woman of color that she was that she got the experience because they said there just really weren't that many you know black women stunt drivers yeah. so they made sure that she got a lot of experience so that you know even her next film she could you know be even more qualified yep uh, originally again I actually already mentioned that one uh, Sydney Tamila Tamilia Poitier. Poitier. Poitier is the daughter of the late great Sydney Poitier what made you think that Hmm. Wild <laughs> hunch. Uh, Tarantino actually discovered Zoe Bell from the documentary Double Dare. Yeah, I saw that that documentary. Solid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it, like it'll make you really like Zoe Bell even more just because of her tenacity and what she's done in that genre of being a stunt woman. Yeah, she's a industry. Indeed, she's just very charming and talented, no doubt. Uh, Rosario Dawson and Tracy Thomas, who played Kim, they both auditioned together. Yeah, for the role, and um, I was they got it. I like how they um, they worked together before as actors. I think she was on Rent or something like yep, that. Yep, they were both in Rent, and they've known each other a couple years. And how like they're just super cool with each other. So they was like, you know what? Let's take ownership of this thing, and they just spent time with it, nailed the dialogue. Tarantino loved it, and I just like how Rosario kind of built it up. As she's telling the story, like, you know, you don't want to be the actor, like, I, I got it, I got it, or whatever, because uh-huh. you know, he's like, uh, what if you didn't get it? You know, you don't want to be she the... Eat her, her salt and vinegar chips. That's <laughs> uh, what you hear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun story to hear. So it's, um, that can kind of go into filmmaking tips as well. It's just like, you know, if you want something, like, really go after it. You know, what I mean? and that that just shows a different tenacity when you really, really want something. I think it really comes through in this in the screen on this. It's on the screen what they prepared to take over this portion of the movie. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely owned it for sure. Uh, the crew was actually blown away by Mary Elizabeth Winstead's singing in the car. Mm. She she loves to sing, but she's never actually sang really in front of people before. And like they they found that song like the day of like Tarantino had forgotten that she needed to sing, and she was just belting it out. And her mother was there on set, and afterwards she was he was like, "Did you know she could sing that well?" And she said, "Well, yeah, she sings for us in the family all the time, but she's never really sang like in front of a whole bunch of people." She goes, "I'm I'm glad that you you know think so as well." But said that the cat the crew were kind of like just in awe of her and kind of like in love with her after she uh, belted out that that tune. So that's pretty cool. Yes, sir. Uh, then last bit of trivia. It was very strange for Eli Roth to make fun of Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell was one of his heroes growing up. He said the movie, The, the Thing, yeah. which we covered here on film, make comment John Carpenter's The Thing. Boom. That was like the impetus for him to get into filmmaking. Yeah. So Kurt Russell's one of his heroes. And so he felt uh, strange yeah. acting in a slasher film. Yeah. 
and with Kurt Russell, but then having to, to diss Kurt Russell. Hey, did you fall out of the time machine. Mm. <laughs> but Kurt was a good sport about it. Even even laughed at some of the stuff he, that he was saying. <laughs> uh, now it's time for filmmaker tips. What you got? Cast and teach. As I mentioned before, uh, Quinn made sure that Chrissy Weathersby was uh, was taught on set and prepared for not only this role but her next role as a stunt woman. Makes me think just uh, memory of what Ava DuVernay, you know, when she was talking on her film, what was the film that she was on, which they were like kind of promoting as like the biggest film for an African-American woman to be over like a hundred million dollars. Wrinkle in time. Wrinkle in time. Um, She, she wanted specifically black women on certain departments. And then one of the, the white guys she was talking to, she was just like, he's like, man, there's no one. They're like, I've looked everywhere. I can't find anybody. And then so she's like, we're, we're going to have to bring some people on. We're going to have to teach them this skill set. If they mm-hmm. don't exist and nobody's going to ever get the opportunity, you know, True. if they don't ever exist, it's just white guys the whole time mm. taking these positions, then nobody else is ever going to get to learn this craft. And so she kind of made it a thing to make sure that people with her nonprofit array are being brought on, you know, with some of these big projects to learn some of the craft of like, you know, the digital animation and all of those stuff. Awesome. Most awesome. Um, I mentioned that a couple of times. Collaborate. Tarantino worked with Vanessa Ferlito to choreograph the, the lap dance. Lap dance, excuse mm-hmm. me, with uh, on, on Kurt Russell. Make if you make the stunt driver your star, then it's like kind of like a shortcut, and you get to get the better shots because we've seen Zoe Bell and Kill Bill playing Uma Thurman. I mean, different body type than Uma Thurman. You can kind of tell when they cut to the stunt person, mm. um, but you always see the back of Zoe Bell's head whenever she's playing Uma Thurman. It's like okay, you can't really get the front shot of the actress because we all know that it's not her. Uh, however, when the stunt person is the actual actress, then you can get all the million dollar shots. So when you see the close up of her on the Dodge challenger and her face is almost finna hit the concrete, we zoomed in close. We're going hundred miles an hour. It's like, dang, you can't replicate that man. And they slowly, this may be a little bit of trivia, but actually it gives a tip. So if you, if you're going to do high speed chases and use actual real cars and, and practical effects, what you can do is slowly build up, right? Shoot, shoot the the scenes at a at a, a lower speed, and then slowly build up the speed higher and higher. And that's what they did with uh, with some of the stunt drivers to to get them more comfortable to get the shots that they wanted. Indeed, know your genre. As I talked earlier about how Tarantino prepared um, for the slasher film by he was studying the genre and like. Within the genre, there's subgenres in the genre. Uh, studying all that and putting it down uh, actually created, allowed him to create a slasher film, but kind of put his own spin to it. No doubt. No doubt. That's all I got for tips. That's all I have as well, my friend. What are we diving into next time? Next time, we are going to take a look into World War II and Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. It's going to be a good one. Um, and they can catch us where facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary we're also on iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher Radio and Spotify check us out on Twitter he is at Reggie Titus I am at KCG Smith 32 we're also on the gram at filmmaker commentary he can be found at Reginald Titus Jr that's JR and I'm at KCG Smith 32 
Until next time, peace. Respect.